It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. We're still picking up the pieces after election day. Today we're talking about ways to move forward and how you can pantsuit up when you're ready. This is Sarah from the left. And Beth from the right. You're listening to Pantsuit Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. We are so excited. We're only a few days away from the launch of our Exit the Echo Chamber Challenge. We had a little powwow. We've got all the challenges outlined. We're working on cool graphics for you to share and hashtags. And I mean, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but it could be the coolest thing ever. I think it's going to be pretty exciting. And I think it matches, you know, we have gotten a barrage, I think is an appropriate word, of messages and emails from everyone. And a lot of what we're hearing is sort of, what can I do? And I think this challenge is really going to, at least from a thought leadership perspective, get us moving in that direction. Absolutely. And so we do want to thank you guys for all the messages. We're working here. I am a inbox zero kind of girl. So this is a very special kind of torture for me. Me too, Sarah. I never have anything in my inbox. I spent two hours Friday night responding to listener messages, and I'm not caught up. (laughs) I'm not either. I'm working on it, guys. We're working. We're we're digging out slowly, so be patient with us. Um, In the meantime, you can go to pantsuitpoliticsshow.com and become a supporter of the show. Our supporters are growing every day, and it's so amazing. 
to see, and it helps us cover the cost of the show. And we really, really appreciate it. We also need to give a special shout out to Genevieve in California who made us these fantastic Keep It Nuanced Y'all tanks. And so many people reacted to the photos that we posted of them that Genevieve is starting to make them. So we'll have a link up soon where you can actually purchase those. And she has so generously offered to use the proceeds to help support the show as well. I wore mine to yoga on Friday. It was amazing. I've worn mine to yoga a few times, too. It just makes me so happy. They're really cool shirts. I mean, they're really nice shirts. So thank you, Genevieve. So let's dive into the pearls. Trump, do we have official appointments or are these just ideas still? These were made official today, the announcements that Trump has appointed Steve Bannon as his chief strategist and chief counselor, which is previously not a thing. Yeah, that's and cool, though. Reince Priebus as his chief of staff. And so for those of you who are wondering from the procedural angle, these two appointments do not require Senate confirmation. His cabinet appointments will require Senate confirmation. So Steve Bannon is horrifying and Reince Priebus is boring. So good analysis. Let me flesh out a little bit why Steve Bannon is horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) So Steve Bannon was formerly the editor of Breitbart, which used to be a very well-respected conservative publication. Hmm. After Andrew Breitbart, its founder, died, it went off the tracks in this crazy moderate's view. And Steve Bannon has really used Breitbart as a publication that gives voice to white nationalism. He has latched on to a number of sort of pseudo-celebrities to further his own agenda. For example, he has made documentaries about Michelle Bachman and Sarah Palin. We're going to link in the show notes an article from Ben Shapiro, who used to work under Bannon at Breitbart. That's basically, here are all the horrifying things that you need to know about Steve Bannon. And in it, Ben Shapiro, who I think is a pretty straight shooter, says that he's known to be verbally abusive to the people around him. I mean, he's just genuinely not a good human being. And I don't use words like that very often, Mm -hmm. but I can't really think of a worse choice than Steve Bannon in an important role like this. And it's not encouraging. It's terrifying and horrifying. But I'm still not going to do the... All, you know, proved it. He's going to be a monster. It's the second coming of Hitler. Like, I'm, I'm still not going to do that with everybody. I don't want to, I still don't want to do that. I'm so struggling with how to walk the line with Trump between appropriately reacting to the badness <laughs> of some of his choices and decisions without, like, rooting for the downfall of my country. And I feel like this is probably something I'm not going to find the answer to anytime soon. Look, everybody has to be where they are. And so I don't want anybody to interpret anything I say as sort of a commandment, you know, that I expect everyone to get on board. I'm not on board. What I am is unwilling to, like you said, root against my country. And I feel like supporting the office is a very different thing from supporting the man. Do I want Trump to be successful by his own definition? If that means build the wall, keep Muslims out of the country, deport millions of families, then no, I do not want him to be successful. But I want him to be successful in terms of keep America safe, work well with Congress, 
make some incremental progress on things like infrastructure. You know, some of the things he did talk about in his campaign. So it, it is a tough line. The Bannon and Priebus appointment does sort of indicate the somewhat schizophrenic nature of Trump because Bannon is more the outsider influence. Priebus is very much the consummate insider, knows Washington well. Here's a fun fact that I found when I was looking for some background information on him. He interned, Ryan did, with the NAACP Legal Defense Fund in California while he was in law school. After law school, he was a corporate lawyer. He ran for office in Wisconsin. He lost. Then he ran and became the chair of the Wisconsin GOP, where he was very, very successful. Wisconsin has had a good run in terms of electing future superstar kind of Republicans. So uh, Reince was instrumental in Paul Ryan coming up through the ranks and Scott Walker coming up through the ranks. He then became counsel to the RNC, stepped down from that position to run for chair, and that's where he's been since then. So Reince probably makes someone like a Paul Ryan feel a little bit more hopeful, but then Bannon is maybe... I don't know, the devil on the other shoulder. thing that bugs me about the Reince appointment is that I, I just think he's so unremarkable. I, I was saying to Sarah before we started recording, I know so many people with essentially the same resume as he had before getting into politics, and 90% of them are personally more charismatic. Reince has been on television for the past, what, 12 years, and I've I can't recall one time thinking like, well said, Ryan. So, like, <laughs> brilliantly handled. You know, I, j- I just don't I don't really get it. And I'm and I'm kind of sad that Kellyanne Conway doesn't have that post. I at least hoped for a female chief of staff. And I mean, that woman is made of iron and steel. I don't know what more you could want in that post. So I'm just sort of bummed all around about these appointments. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> yeah, I don't know what I'm bummed, a little scared clinging to the last teeny tiny thread of optimism I have, but I will cling to it. I will hold it tight. I sincerely hope that the speculated rest of the cabinet is just totally incorrect and that this trio surprises us with a better slate than what's been floated. When I saw people speculating that Sarah Palin could be Secretary of the, in- the Interior, I wanted to go to bed and not get up. Oh, surely Except not. Except eat ice cream and then go back to bed. Oh, my God. So, speaking of uh, teeny tiny threads of optimism, shall we discuss the Electoral College petitions? Sarah, what's your perspective on this? Okay, so, as f- I think there's a couple things going on here. You kind of have to... Let's start with the... Convince the... Either that the, the vote is still not in and there's these things we need to check out and we need to call people about because there's votes in Florida and maybe he didn't actually win there's the she won the popular vote and maybe we can encourage the electoral college voters to be faithless is it faithless is that what they're called faithless electors Mm -hmm. electors and then there's also just scrap the electoral college altogether so y'all my very first presidential election uh, was Bush v. Gore. And I have been in these places so many times where it was, let's cling to the hope there was an error. Let's protest because there's votes missing. I've just done this before and I sound so old and like how I hate when my mom talks when she talks like this, like sometimes, but like, I've just, I've done that before and I'm just not going to 
do it again because it didn't really work out so well the first time. And I just, it's not for me. I'm not saying that it's a bad choice if you want to protest these things or you think there's a shot and you, by some miracle, y'all all make it happen. That's great. It's just not, it's not my approach. The Electoral College, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on that one which sounds bananas since my candidate won the popular vote. I I need to do some more research, I guess, is where I'm at on the Electoral College itself. But the other petitions, like, it's just, it's it's not, it's not my, it's not my thing, I guess, is the best, uh, most complex analysis I can give. I think that's a really reasonable place (laughs) to be, actually. You you do you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do you. Yeah, totally. On the Electoral College, scrapping it altogether, the one thing I will say about that, and I don't have a strong opinion about it, what I see in support of it is when I look at the county-by-county map, and you see where the population is concentrated in the United States and how small a percentage of the actual U.S. territory that is, I do worry that not having a mechanism like the Electoral College will further the divide in the United States, but... Maybe that's wrong. And if that's wrong, fine. I just think that the time to discuss a process is not after the process has been implemented. So I think if you want to talk about scrapping the Electoral College prospectively, have at it. Let's have that conversation. But I don't think we should have that conversation in connection with the, the outcome of this election. Agreed. Should we compliment the other side? Let's. I think this is the most important thing that we do, and even more so now. So I wanted to compliment Seth Meyers, which is an unusual choice. I thought that his response to the election was very touching and real. We'll link it up in the show notes. But he essentially said, this is horrifying. I'm very sad. I'm sad for my mother, who I thought would get to see the first female president. But... This is our president, and I hope it goes well. That's it in a nutshell. And I thought it was a really beautiful thing. And I saw them talking about it on Morning Joe, and they were like, you know what? Somebody raised him right. Mm. And I thought, yes, they did. Yes, they did. So kudos, Seth Meyers. So I am going to compliment. I don't know if this is a compliment or more of a plea, but I have done a complete 180 on Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump since the election day. I went from just having a lot of disdain and feeling like they were opportunistic to now being like, well, I'm glad they're there because they seem reasonable. So I hope that uh, sort of all this is a, this is a plea that I'm hope that I hope I get to compliment the other side further. I will compliment that um, Jared and Ivanka seem to care deeply about their children and their families and their businesses. And I hope that everything they said about Donald Trump, as in trust us, trust us, trust us, is true. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to give a plea slash compliment to Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump at this point, who who I'm looking at with um, fresh eyes (laughs) currently. Side note, I just watched The Circus, the last episode of The Circus, and there was some footage of them, and yeah. they seem like they genuinely care about each other, too. Like, I always love examples of marriages that seem happy, and I don't know, just their body language and stuff. They seemed like a real couple, and that was nice to see. That is good. So we're going to move on to the suit, and we're going to talk about some of the things you guys have been sending us and um, as we all pick up the pieces, and things we can do further move forward.
I recognize as we start this discussion that people are in different places. That's okay. Some of the things we talk about, you might not be there yet, and that's fine. We're going to start with what we think is necessary before you can do anything else, which is just kind of getting centered. Yeah. I, you know, my friend, as far as sort of the emotional journey we're all taking with this election, my friend Aaron, and we'll link it in the show notes, wrote this beautiful thing about Kate McKinnon's performance on Saturday Night Live for the cold open this weekend. Um, and she called it a benediction. And it's like, it was sort of like the closing note on a tear up a little bit on the funeral. And I thought that's such a good way to put it. Like it was like this emotional moment. And I think we all have to let ourselves have that. And, but I like the idea that that was like the benediction and let's all be sad, but like, let's not drown in that. I don't want to drown in that. And how I've centered myself, you know, I went to church twice today. I went to my church and then I went to Burke's Chapel, a historically African-American church in my hometown because I thought it was an important place for me to be, um, particularly as an elected official on the Sunday. And so I went and it was an incredibly powerful service. And, you know, I said a few rows back from a 95-year-old gentleman who lived through Jim Crow and has a pretty big, large perspective and some wisdom about feeling like despondent in the face of elections and government decisions. And, you know, I said a little bit about this on the last podcast, but how I'm centering myself right now is just thinking that, just reminding myself that, you know, kindness is important in leading and legislating, but you can't legislate kindness. That's, there are other ways to take care of our souls and our spirit and the human dignity of others beside the decisions that we make in an election booth or voting booth. And, you know, I think both things are true. Government and elections are incredibly important to how we maintain human dignity, but they cannot be the only source for which we find ourselves moving forward on that path. And I've just really had to come home to the idea that, you know, I, I felt so despondent Tuesday because it felt like the world was ending because I had made that what happened in the presidential my entire world and that's just not wise it's not things I want my it's not what I want my children to do it's not safekeeping of my spirit and my spirit was pretty shattered on Tuesday night and I don't want to feel like that anymore so I love politics and I love government and I take the responsibility particularly right now being an elected official incredibly important but you know there are other institutions some that you know J.D. Vance we've talked about the hillbilly elegy and I was reading a piece by him and he was just talking about like there's the family and church and civic organizations and all these things, you know, we have a culture in crisis in so many ways in so many parts of this country, and we cannot ask government to fix our culture. Government is a reflection of our culture, not a way to fix it, and and particularly politics, not just government. So I'm just trying to feel like I have this big ball of thread all sort of tangled up together, and I'm just kind of pulling a little bit of piece at a time and looking at it and thinking, like, how did you get in there that you didn't belong in there? And let's pull this out and think about it and hold it and look at it and be thoughtful and careful with it. And, you know, it's it's hard work, and it's my mind is going a million miles an hour, it feels like. But, I, I mean, I, I think that that's sort of the the hard questions we all have to ask ourselves at this point. And that's sort of the first step that I've been taking as I pick up the pieces. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsuit Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is 
bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful, Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day. Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Pantsuit. Well, I think a helpful thing about both parties being in rather disastrous places right now. Shambles. Is is (laughs) that we can try to ask those questions and take off our sort of jerseys Mm. because and I've mentioned this before the thing for me about this cycle realizing that my party had a nominee that doesn't reflect my values at all is that that's okay like it doesn't you made it you survived (laughs) I survived it if I take off my Republican jersey I'm still here and I'm Mm -hmm. fine and I have gotten a lot of clarity about what I really believe in this Mm -hmm. cycle I've learned, for example, that I am not a libertarian, you know, (laughs) and and not just because Gary Johnson doesn't seem to know some basic history and geography, but because I do think government has a role to play. I think it's a limited role, but I don't think it's 
a, a zero role. And as I've thought about sort of how would I move forward, if I were a Republican in the Senate right now, and we're having this discussion about the Affordable Care Act, you know, what would I do with that? And I feel like I've just gotten very, very clear on what my specific and most core political principles are, and then separately what my core governing philosophies as a human of ethics are. And that's helpful. You know, that's that's a place that you can move forward from. And it's so much more honest and so much more productive than just identifying with a party. Well, and one of our listeners sent us the most wonderful quote. She, it said, peace like war is waged. We have to wage community and nuance. We have to do the work of politics as a country and as neighbors. I think that the best lesson that we all can, one of the best lessons we can all take from this is that this is work addressing bigotry and finding justice for the marginalized in our societies and um, being accepting and all, all these things that feel so shattered in the wake of some of the ugly things that Donald Trump said and then was still elected. That's work. It's just progress. It's just forward moment. We were not going to reach, you know, in the, in the same way we did not fix it when Barack Obama was elected, we're not going to fix it if Hillary Clinton had been elected. And it's not something you fix. It's just something you prog- you work towards and you keep going towards. And I hope that we can still do that. And I hope that we remember that it doesn't begin and end with the presidential election. I agree with that. And I, I hope that a gift of this cycle is that we don't approach 2020 like, hey, grab some popcorn and let's see yeah, what happens. Seriously. You know? Seriously. Well, I mean, I can tell you that well, and that, let's, so let's talk about some of the ways people are picking up the pieces as we, I think 2020 is a good segue. So, so many of you are doing amazing things. We have had several listeners um, that hosted groups where they tried to lend an ear um, to people from the other side. And um, one listener who started sort of a pen pal program, and we'll talk more about that specifically with Exit the Echo Chamber. But I do want to talk about real quickly in relationship also to exit the exit the echo chamber is I know so many of you have reached up to reached out to us and said as you try to pick up the pieces and you try to take this gentle step forward and say okay I'm going to trust humanity that humanity did not answer you with kindness (laughs) and that's so hard and I'm so sorry and I wish that everyone after Donald Trump was elected had said okay I missed something. Even if I voted for him, I missed the fact that we could all just sit down and have a great conversation. But alas, the world is not a pantsuit politics community forum. I wish it was. And so I just want to, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you tried to reach out and they were, people were ugly to you. But you got, you got to keep trying, you guys. And I, I'm sorry specifically if your experience of talking to a Republican post-election who previously had been unenthusiastic is now one of like spiking the football because for me the fact that whatever occurred ultimately was a winning strategy does not make it an acceptable strategy nothing that I have said to this point changes for me because the result was different than I thought it would be. And if that is not what you're getting from people in your life and you're finding yourself very disappointed by that, as I know many of you are, I'm sorry. And I hope that with some time and reflection, 
that will change. And, and I also hope that with some time and reflection, we can all stop sort of the knee-jerk defensiveness and comparisons. It seems like everything that goes out, this happens. You know, we, we posted, Dante posted on our Facebook page an article about the terrible things people are saying about Melania Trump. And it instantly becomes, and I, and I don't fault people for this, I understand it. This is how we're all programmed right now. It instantly becomes, well, what people said about Michelle Obama was horrible. Yeah, it was. Let's, like, at what point can we stop the cycle? Yeah, I would really like to stop the cycle. I don't want to do that anymore. And like, because I've, I've had a couple people sort of, when I'm reaching out and talk to them and they'll bring up something, Hillary's email and Hillary, you know, Hillary's a criminal or something like that. And I just... I don't even respond. Like, let me just go on record as saying I love Hillary Clinton and I'm proud to have voted for her, but I'm not going to engage in these defensive postures about her behavior and her past decisions anymore. Like I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going to argue about Benghazi or her emails. I'm not going to spend one more second of my life on those subjects. And I've heard a lot of, you know, in response to the, Hey, can you not gloat call to Republicans? A lot of, well, you can bet the Democrats would have, and they said this, they were basically measuring the drapes. You know, I, I don't want to do that. I let's, let's just agree that, hey, every single thing has been broken. It's all been broken. So I'm not going to perpetuate it anymore. Well, and I'm, you know, my husband and I got into it and he was like, no, we just, we are going to obstruct. That's what they did. We're going to do. We're just going to obstruct, obstruct, obstruct. And I'm like, I don't do that. I don't do that either. Like, look, no matter if you are a principled conservative in the Republican Party or a passionate progressive in the Democratic Party, like taking the road of nuance and kindness is never going to be the easy road. Like it will be easier always to take the unkind road or the fear road and rile people up. Like I'm sorry that this is the harder road and that sometimes we'll lose because when you're principled, you lose sometimes. But not to keep quoting Casey Musgraves. <laughs> I'd rather lose for what I am than win for what I ain't. Like, yeah, it's going to be hard. And, like, you're not going to win every legislative victory because you're willing, you're not willing to play unprincipled. I'm not, it's not that I'm unwilling to play hardball, but I'm not willing to play unprincipled hardball. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry it's going to be harder, but. I only uh, want things in my life that make me better. I only want friends who make me better. I only want a job that makes me better. And to the extent that I participate in politics, I only want to do so in a way that makes me better. And so if I am engaged in a way that is bringing out the worst in me, I don't want any part in that. And it's, but it's just so hard right now. I just don't you, like, as I pick up the pieces, oh, it's just, and I'm looking for one answer and there isn't one. And it's just going to be a tightrope for the next four years between growing and being better and trying to find the nuance and not defaulting into the party lines and the partisanship and the polarization while also taking a principled stance against so many of the things that he ran against and so many of the things that people like Steve Bannon stand for. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Again, I know there's no answer, but like, Oh, it just makes me tired sort of to think about four years of it. I'm going to be honest. I think it can be that both are true. There was this exchange on Twitter today between Michael Smirkanish and David Frum. Smirkanish is an independent now, used to be Republican, said, I'm willing to give Donald Trump a fresh start. And David Frum had a tweet storm that just 
hammered that notion that that you don't get a fresh start when you've talked about banning Muslims from the country. You don't get a fresh start about building a wall and deportation and all of the awful things that Trump has said and done. And I thought I sort of agree with both of them because I, I believe that you can vigilantly watch Donald Trump moving forward and be skeptical and even fearful or worried or or where Nicholas is, right? A- against and hope for the best and root for our country in the office. Maybe that's what you just said, though. We all don't have to occupy those places. We need to let all of us occupy those places. You yep. know what I mean? Like, I can be me and Nicholas can be me, be him, and every side is represented, and that's fine, and we need that. That's what else I've had to sort of give myself. As, as, I, as I pick up the pieces in my own way, it's been... Because I'm a, I'm an Enneagram one, as I've previously mentioned, and I want everybody to be like me. But that's not only is that never going to happen; it wouldn't be beneficial if it is, right? So I need to let people like that. If you want to take to the streets and protest, we need activists. We need activists, and we need hardliners, and we need those people. And those people can be themselves and we need people who are ready to play hardball at all cost and who won't give an inch but they want to do it legislatively or within the you know sort of the con we need those people and we need people who are like okay but I, I it just because again we so so like demoralize it's like well you're a you know you're a bad liberal if you even think about giving Donald Trump a chance no I'm not I'm just a, a liberal and you're a progressive and I like let's just find space for all of these, because, you know, diversity of opinion is important, is just as important. But because everything has gotten so wrapped up in Donald Trump being, you know, ethically and morally bankrupt, it feels like, especially as a progressive at this moment, if you aren't ready to, you know, rend your garments and sacrifice it all, then you're on his side. You know, like, it's like we want to, we want to make this black and white so badly season two episode 29 you do you i mean that's really what we're going <laughs> to like do your thing own it don't blame anybody else for your choices and let them make their own i mean i think that's i think we would get better politics all around if everyone would act that way instead of defaulting to what the majority of the party yeah, there's that I only one way to be goes for Right. There's only one way to be. There's only one way to react to Trump presidency, and that is with moral outrage and, you know. Uh, and on my side yeah, of the aisle, so suddenly true. he's great because he won. No. No. <laughs> so oh, in man. thinking about your voice and your unique contribution, Sarah, you were going to talk a little bit more, I think, about one of our listeners um, starting this awesome pen pal program. One of our listeners has, you know, a huge conversation as we pick up the pieces is what is it, what are we missing depending on where we live? And so she has this brilliant idea about um, writing to somebody from another part of the state. And we're going to use this sneak peek, uh, sneak peek alert. We're going to use this as part of the exit, the echo chamber. Uh, So stay tuned for um, ways to use this brilliant idea um, to do that. And speaking of writing letters, We have a lot of you wanting to contact your representatives and also a lot of people asking 
not necessarily how to contact representatives, but just how to start thinking about and figure out what's going on at a local level. And I have a lot of sort of, I have a very vivid memory of like when I was living in DC and thinking like, I got to move back to Paducah, like trying to get on the internet and figuring it, figuring what out, like sort of how our local government worked via like the city website. And can I just say, that's a terrible way to go about it. So if you're interested in your local government, ask a real person, because in my experience, local government websites, not the most user-friendly and not the most sort of transparent as to how everything works. So I think if you have a question about how to get more involved in your local government, pick up the phone or find somebody who is and ask them. In terms of contacting your representatives, Emily Ellsworth, who was a congressional staffer for Jason Chaffetz and others, did a series of tweets this weekend that went viral about what she learned as a staffer in terms of what kinds of messages get through. The conclusion, just to go, you know, skip right to the end, is that phone calls are going to be paid attention to. They cannot ignore phone calls. And so if you really want to get through to a representative call and show up at meetings in person and make them talk to you and bring sufficient numbers of people with you and just get on their radar and be the person who is so involved and so informed and so on their radar that when they're trying to make policy decisions, they start thinking of you. So she, we're going to link that the, the Storyfy version of her tweets in our show notes. And also, very exciting news, I am in touch with her on Twitter to try to get her on our show soon to talk more about this. Listen, I we can have a her and I can have all kinds of conversations. I mean, I was a legislative correspondent, so I dealt with actual people correspondence. And I mean, when I started, there was a stack of letters, and the idea was like, well, just get to them when you get to them. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, and it, she's exactly right because you can ignore letters and you can ignore emails, and they sort of get logged and get a paper response. But somebody on the phone is like a whole different ball game. She included in this series of tweets about a particular issue where a local radio DJ gave out the district office for the legislature's phone number and people flooded them with phone calls. And she said, you know, you can bet that we talked directly with the representative about that subject and what people were saying. It's all we did for days. So um, I think that's a really good way to get more involved. And then also, of course, We want to encourage everybody to run for office. So, Sarah, I wondered if you could talk just a little bit about how you decided to run for city commission, because I think a lot of people feel right now, I mean, I feel this like, okay, I'll run for office. How do I choose which one? Well, so I knew that I wanted to do something with Paducah because Paducah is my heart and Paducah is my passion. And... um. I wasn't going to dive in and like, you know, run for house of representative. I also knew that was like off the table. I definitely want to start with local office. So when we did emerge, we really talked about like, you know, emerge kind of walked you through sort of your timeline and what you thought about and in which capacity you would really like to run. Cause there's also judges, there's elected judgeships in many parts of the country and all kinds so of stuff. For so for new listeners, can I just interrupt you for a second to say emerge is a, a program for democratic women who are planning to seek office. And Sarah did that program here in Kentucky, but Emerge is a national organization. So your state might have an Emerge program if you're a Democrat and you're interested um, in, in, in that kind of training. Yeah, and it's just so helpful. It just it makes the entire process less overwhelming. And we also have, you know, we had a sponsor on the show previously, local elections one oh one dot was it dot com Beth or dot org? It was dot com. I'm gonna right? check while you're talking. 
shocking. But we'll put it in the show notes. And it's um, it's a yeah. really cool like online class that you can kind of work through. And for the cost of the online class, it's a great thing to do, even if you're just thinking about local elections, because it sort of walks you through what's involved in running. And it's just a, it's an excellent primer. I can't recommend it enough. So um, anyway, so I did Emerge. I thought I wanted to run for a city commission, but being the female that I am, a friend was on the city commission and I was not going to run against her. And so sort of delayed, 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 finally took her to lunch and thought, okay, well, maybe she'll have an idea of where I could start until I run for city commission. And at the lunch, she was like, good, funny story. I'm not running again. And that's when I decided to run. I uh, thought about school board sort of, but then my husband became the school board attorney. So that put a real, put a, a quick end to that. So but city commission, even went back in D.C. before I'd run for merge, that was always sort of what I was thinking about. It seemed like something I would that was like a really good um, place for me to be, just because I'm so passionate about Paducah. So yeah, that's how I decided. And then I just, when she decided to run, there wasn't much deciding to it. I wasn't going to wait for somebody else to get in there and then have to run against four incumbents. So it was an open seat. I was going to make it happen. And I think that you know your story is a great one. I also would say, if you want to run for national office right away, do it. Men do that. Yep. <laughs> you know? yep. Um, so I, I would have confidence in like what I love about your story, Sarah, is that you start with like Paducah's where my heart is. So where's your heart, you know, and what would you be most enthusiastic about? I am going to run through the she should run.org incubator. There is a series of lessons there about kind of starting your journey toward running for office as a woman. So I wanted to offer up if anyone else is interested in going through that curriculum and kind of having a small group to discuss it with, send me an email. It's Beth at PantsuitPoliticsShow.com, and I will set up maybe a private Facebook page where we could do it together at a pace and kind of discuss each section. That sounds fun. I want to do it. Well, you can. Can I still do it? You can. You can be like the spirit guide or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do that. Okay. That sounds like super fun. Because you know what I like talking about? I mean, this was, truthfully, this was the original <laughs> uh, uh, inspiration for this podcast. There's nothing I like more talking about more than women in politics, women running for office, what, how women legislate differently, how women run campaigns differently. Like, ugh, talk about it all day long. Like, the last thing I think is just to practice governing in your interactions. And what I mean by that is to be oriented to problem solving. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off.
you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code PANTSUIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. I thought that I posted on our Facebook page today this scathing critique of Vox, and I wrote this whole thing about how I, I'm not posting it to debate the merits of Vox as a news organization, but because I thought embedded in that essay were so many interesting sort of questions and critiques and ideas. But but one thing that really struck me about it was that they talked about how for the the folks at Vox and specifically the crew that does the weeds – Policy is such a love that policy gets divorced from result. Mm-hmm. I and love that part of that article. Whether whether that's true or not, I don't I don't want to criticize those people specifically. I, I think that they're doing some good work in the world and, and I also agreed with some of the criticism. Both are true. <laughs> but but I think that's really important to think about. So the the author of this essay said, if you ask them, what's your perfect world? The answer would be about passing policies. I would want, I'd like to have universal pre-K instead of, I'd like every child to have a great education, you know? And so I, I thought that was like really instructive at a lot of levels, how you parent and how we act in our businesses, and how we act in our relationships. And I feel like if we could all get more oriented to problem solving, that would be a, a good first step in getting more oriented to problem solving in our civic institutions as well. Well, and I just think that with regards, I love, I, lo- I just love that question generally, and I thought that was such an interesting comment on policy. But I think it's also sort of an interesting exercise when you think about 
this sort of post-election period. I keep reading all these things where people say, I, I woke up, I didn't know the country I lived in. I woke up in a different country. But, you know, I think that the reason that I keep coming back to politics is not suited for all these conversations is, you know, what whatever sort of spiritual foundation you have, if you're a secular humanist or a Buddhist or a Christian or a meditator or a yoga, I don't really care, an artist, a poet. You know, my friend had a really powerful spiritual experience with a bunch of artists in the middle of Manhattan. I don't really care what it is. But, you know, that sort of, prov- that tells you like, no, you, you that provides a, a way, I guess, to think about the world in a, in a bigger setting and to remember that like, no, you, you woke up in the same world. It's the same world. It's not a different world. It's the same world you went to bed in. And you might feel differently, but the people that were there the day before the election are the same exact people who were there after. The good, the bad, the ugly, the Bannons, the Breitbarts. They were there before, and they're here today. And, you know, just keeping that, that sort of framework around the way you think about your own existence. And I, I mean, I've, I've gone off. I told you I went to church today. I forewarned twice today. I forewarned you that this is where I would be taking this conversation. But in my leadership, Northern Kentucky class, the in the first session, we looked at this book called The Flower Man. It's a wordless book, definitely on Jane Silver's Christmas list. But it depicts this black and white town And this older gentleman who wears a flower on his lapel, who's in color, coming into the town and transforming it. And again, there are no words. So I think they told us there are something like 80 stories going on in the pictures because there are all these houses and windows and people and it's super detailed, beautiful drawings. But what you see in it is how... The ripple effect of acts of kindness and the ripple effect of acts of community and how much power one person has, right? And I think that's a good message coming out of this election. Like, you might not feel good about how 47% of the country voted and how those votes translated in our electoral college, but you still have this sphere of influence that's so much larger than it feels against those numbers. 20 million American families, one out of every four renters, are squeezed by the high cost of housing. And unfortunately, we haven't heard much about this issue in the current election cycle. That's where Make Room comes in. Make Room is an organization that gives a voice to struggling renters and elevates rental housing issues for our representatives. So affordable housing is something that affects everybody. And if you go to makeroomusa.org, you can learn more about this public crisis, some of the solutions, and read stories of those affected. But more importantly, you can actually send a direct message to your local and state representative or your members of Congress demanding that they pay attention to this very important issue. And this is really in the spirit of pantsuit politics, getting involved, letting people know what issues are not getting the attention they deserve. Make Room is committed to sending one million messages to Congress so that they get the picture. We hope you'll go to makeroomusa.org to make your voice be heard. 
I cannot believe how close we are to Thanksgiving. I mean, it's like, uh, it's a this, dead. Is this happening? A, no, it's just a dead rush. It's just a dead heat. Once in in my world, once it's barbecue on the river, which is at the end of September, that Nicholas calls that the beginning of our holiday season. Barbecue on the river, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and it's about a two week period in between. Yeah, for me, it's Chad's birthday, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and. The year is over. It's gone. So I wondered. But let Sarah, me tell you, you 2016, any... <laughs> keep walking. <laughs> I won't <laughs> be sorry to see you go. Oh. Do not let the proverbial door hit you, 2016. So I wondered, Sarah, if you have any favorite like Thanksgiving recipes or traditions or anything that you wanted to share about Thanksgiving. Mm, I mean, I just like Thanksgiving because it's significantly less pressure. That being said, I don't cook. That's probably why it feels less pressure. Like, I have never and most likely will never be in charge of Thanksgiving. Um, but I do like all the food, mainly because I'm a person that likes to eat a lot of different things at every meal. And Thanksgiving gives you the opportunity, at least at my family, gives you the opportunity to do that. My mom makes a sweet potato casserole I look forward to every year. So, um, and I like the emphasis on sort of, you know, Thanksgiving feels like a holiday for personal growth, right? Like that's what I kind of dig about it. And I'm a growth person. So it's like, let's all sit around and try to be better. <laughs> yeah. You do on Facebook, the yeah. I'm thankful for every day. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. I love that. I love it. I do cook. Um, we host on Friday, actually, my family, and I try to make a very traditional meal. And I really enjoy that. And uh, maybe I'll share some recipes or something on our website because I very much get into trying a different stuffing recipe every year and trying a different way to prepare the turkey. We've done fried turkey. We've done lots of different brines. See, I I struggle this with holidays. Like I struggle between, I really like traditions. I really like doing the same thing every year, but I'm also a person that likes input and new input, but like I wouldn't change everything every year. That would stress me out. The thing that is constant for me is my cranberry sauce because I love it and I'm the only person who loves it. And so I make <laughs> that's it my Thanksgiving's way for awesome. Myself. It's like everybody gets their one thing only them love only they really love. And so that's why you feel like you end up with so many different things to try. This is a growth opportunity for me in my marriage because my husband <laughs> prefers canned cranberry sauce. He likes the The slabs. I'm sorry, gelatinous. No. Like indentation from the aluminum can around it slice it in little pieces cranberry sauce i am not having that i make this unbelievable just seems like an abuse of the word sauce that's not a sauce i totally agree with you that's not what sauce means my sauce is a sauce it also has other berries in it it's phenomenal and i don't understand how given those two options you even want the canned one at the table but he does you do you decided you do you with your cranberry sauce That's right thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of fancy politics y'all have really supported us over the last two months we are blown away and we appreciate it thank you to elizabeth for her contribution to the show again you can find us on facebook at pantsuit politics on twitter at pantsuit politic without an s pantsuitpoliticsshow.com we'll be back with you on friday for exit the echo chamber until then keep it nuanced y'all